Welcome to Mythic Ladies, the podcast where we talk about women from mythology and folklore all over the world. We're your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Lizzie. And how are you today, Zoe? I am good. I'm nervous but excited because this is my first on-campus recording and it's a little freaky, but I am using one of the recording rooms in the library that I work at, so it should be good. It's actually probably better than like if I was recording at home because it's super quiet in here. Oh, true. Um, so that's really nice. And yeah, um, so I'm really excited about that and a little nervous. Hopefully it turns out well. Um, but yeah. I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited that we figured this out. So excited to be back. Uh, Lizzie, yes. how are you? Well, since last time we talked, I am in a totally new location. I moved apartments. It's fun. I live with my friend and it's been taxing but I finally like moved all my stuff in and all that that's a lot of Ikea furniture Mm -hmm. and I'm excited to be here yeah and my uh graduation is tomorrow even though I finished my degree a few months ago right yes very exciting so that's fun Mm -hmm. yeah so um who are we talking about today okay so today we are talking about Mama Brigitte who is another Haitian Loa yes Okay. So, do you know anything about Mama Brigitte? Have I looked her up at some point in my life? Yes. Do I remember anything about her? No. Okay, good. Um, I was worried you might I think she might have been based off of, like, a Irish goddess. Mm, Potentially, she might have (laughs) been. Perhaps, perhaps Bridget, the Irish goddess. Potentially, she might have been. Okay. Yeah. So just a recap about Loa, which we talked about in depth in our episode where we talked about Erzeli Freda and Erzeli Dantor, which is episode nine, I believe. Um, so basically about Loa and Haitian Vodou, it is a religion that developed primarily uh, through the attempts of colonizers at forced conversion of West Africans who were brought to Haiti through the Atlantic slave trade. Um, and naturally, rather than completely give up their faith traditions in favor of Catholicism, Catholic faiths and figures were instead, they instead syncretized them into their traditional West African religions. Mm-hmm. So Loa are the results of this syncretization, representing a fusion of West African gods and spirits, such as the Orishas, and also Christian saints. And they are not gods themselves, but serve as the intermediaries between humans and the supreme creator god that does not interfere in human affairs, and therefore they are the subjects of most prayers and ceremonies. Yeah, so... Today, we're going to be focusing on a specific family of Loa that we haven't talked about before called the Gede Loa. And these are a group of Loa who represent the powers of death and fertility. They are associated with the drum rhythm and dance known as the Banda. And in possession ceremonies, they will drink or rub themselves with a mixture of raw rum and spicy peppers. They are known to be promiscuous, loud, vulgar, and they love to party. Very fun. Yeah. And they also often wear flamboyant outfits, often like a sexy formal dress. So Mama Brigitte in particular is often said to be wearing a low-cut Victorian-style dress 
Um, in one of my sources, they're sort of described to have like a kind of steampunk aesthetic going on. So super fun, very like gaudy and very like flamboyant and super cool. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Was this sort of iconography developed during the Victorian time? I guess it must have been. I'm. It's not really clear to me. I couldn't find much information on like how the, that specific iconography developed. I mean, okay. like, I don't think that there's like that much like iconography specifically of the loa but there's like you know people dress up as them in like carnivals Mm -hmm. and stuff and yeah um, but i don't think that like loas tend to have like a ton of iconography that's true and then generally that well i know ersley dantor and freda had like specific things like oh ersley dantor had like a scar yeah Mm -hmm. and so they're often tasked with carrying the dead to the underworld and they are under the leadership of baron samdi also known as Balwan Samdi mm-hmm. sometimes. And he is Mamal Rajit's husband and consort. And so he is like sort of this severe, serious one. He's often said to be wearing a top hat and a suit, sometimes glasses, like mirrored sunglasses. Sometimes like the glasses will have like a lens popped out, which is interesting. Um, and he is like the head of them all. And Mamal mm-hmm. Rajit is... He's like a very important figure. Yeah. And she is his wife or consort. Um, and she has very similar okay. powers to him. So she determines the fate of the dying or ill and can heal sicknesses, especially sa- sexually transmitted infections, and is often called on by the faithful to heal those who are fatally ill. And if she cannot help them, she will offer them safe passage into the underworld. This sounds a little reminiscent of Bridget, I'll be honest. Interesting. With the healing the sick and the whole, like, kind of, I mean, Bridget supposedly saved people while they were about to die by letting them like convert to christianity yeah all that stuff absolutely did that yes and i think you'll be shocked to hear there might be a reason for that similarity whoa (laughs) the first female grave in cemeteries are often marked with a cross or her viv which is sort of like a symbol that represents her in order to Mm -hmm. dedicate them to mama brigitte and that opens up the rest of the cemetery to her guidance and care. And then some cemeteries, if the first grave is a male grave, then the cemetery belongs to Baron Samdi. And so it's sort of like shared between the two of them. Mm-hmm. She can also be called upon to punish those who have committed bad deeds who are living. She's often seen as a judge with the ability to determine the final verdict on who should be punished. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. And so- it reminds me a little bit of our fate goddesses yeah, episode. Absolutely. And she's very fair and doesn't take any foolishness, so she won't react well if you call on her to hurt someone who doesn't deserve it. So even if you're like, this person Ooh. wronged me, I want them punished, she is the final one who's like, no, they don't deserve this, actually. And I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sort of her job. And so the Gede family is said to include spirits of the dead in general, and it is Mama Brigitte's job to transform the souls of the recently deceased into members of the Gede family. And once they join, they're able to live after lives of partying, fun, and celebrations, free from the shame and punishments of the living world. So can anyone become one? I think so, yeah. Once you die, if you're, like, I think it's, you know, if you're faithful, but, like, that's just, you know, more of, like, what you believe, I think. Uh, Mama Brigitte will come and get you, and then you'll go and party with the Gay de Loa in the afterlife. And that sounds like a pretty good deal, to be honest. Yeah. But then everyone, just anyone can become a Loa then. I thought it was more, like, I don't know selective i think it's sort of it's not i don't know if they're necessarily the loa but they're part of like the gede family i don't know exactly how it works okay that's nice yeah mama brigitte does not often possess followers unlike most loa she's not someone you would often call upon to possess you 
But if she does, the person seeking to experience possession will dress themselves up like a corpse, so they'll lie down on a bed, stuff cotton in their ears and nose, and wrap their jaws with a black handkerchief, which is, like, traditional custom. And when she possesses someone, she generally will not speak, but she will sometimes place hot peppers on her genitals. Huh. Why is that? Just for fun, I think. Okay. Yeah. She likes fun. Fun little ritual, Mm -hmm. yeah. Just so, so that true. she can, you know, like. Why not? Um, but also, according to some sources I read, this can be used as a test to make sure that the person who claims to be possessed by Maman Brigitte is not faking it, which is a little. Because why would you do that otherwise? Yeah, you know, or like if I think she can do it without like, you know, screaming in pain. Whereas like if you weren't oh, actually okay. in a, a being I mean, possessed. that makes sense. Like you would experience a lot of pain from that. So it would be obvious. Yeah. So, yeah. So now we get to the part that I've been hinting at, which is her origins. So as, again, as I've been hinting at, Mama Brigitte is thought to be the only Loa with origins from primarily outside of the African diaspora. Mm-hmm. And so the institution of slavery existed alongside the practice of indentured servitude, which is the practice of making people who have a debt of some kind work for you until they paid off that debt. During that period of colonial and imperial expansion of the 1500s to the 1700s, the main practice of indentured servitude involved paying for someone's passage to the Western Hemisphere and then having that person work off the price of their passage. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was potentially for people who wanted to start a new life, a way for them to get to the Western Hemisphere and the colonies on the Western Hemisphere, even if they couldn't afford it. Yeah. Um, however, it was also an incredibly corrupt process because often those who held the debts Naturally. made it so that it was impossible for workers to actually pay off their debts and then force them basically into a life of servitude. So it's basically just like coercing people into slavery. Yeah. I mean, it's a little it's different from slavery because it doesn't have the racialized component of it, but it's definitely a form of involuntary working where you're basically forced to work when you don't when you don't want to and basically keeping people to work for you um, through like malicious means. Mm -hmm. And so many of these indentured servants around the 1700s and the 1800s were Irish or Scottish women. And they were often sent to work off punishments for engaging in acts of sex work, which could actually like not even be like you were actually actively engaging in sex work, but also you could have just been wearing something that was like considered too revealing or like, not living with a man or something like that. Wow. Okay. Uh, and and were poor. So then um, they were brought to the Western Hemisphere. And of course, as... This was many places, not just Haiti. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This was many places. This was also like, you know, the 13 colonies. Um, but this was also the case mm-hmm. in Haiti, too. They brought their own mythology and folklore with them, mm-hmm. as is natural for when people move and the story says that these women brought tiny dolls called Bridie dolls, which represent St. Bridget, the patron female saint of Ireland and a protector goddess, who we talked about yes. in, a p- in an earlier episode. Yeah. And so these dolls are believed by some to be the forerunners of the classic voodoo doll, widely known in pop culture today. This is a little debated, but that is definitely a, a prevailing theory. It sounds like a reach, but yeah. I don't know. The indentured women from Ireland began to live among and interact with the enslaved African populations of Haiti. And then as they these two populations interacted with each other, the St. Bridget was syncretized into the Haitian pantheon through the spirit of Maman Brigitte. Mm-hmm. And so many aspects of St. Bridget have been changed in the syncretization. For example, her symbol was once a white swan, but now it is a black cockerel. Oh. Um, which I think is honestly at least partially, like, it, it's more like location 
appropriate. Like there are, I don't think there's swans are yeah, native to Haiti. Like, but black cockerels are. So like that makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, and Saint Bridget is said to be more chaste or sexually moderate and morally upright. And Mama Brigitte is known for her sexual promiscuity and sensual dancing. She's also said to swear a lot. She likes to party and drink, and she has affairs. So like, it's different. Not bad, but like different. I mean, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're definitely because yeah, Bridget was like a nun. Yeah, she had turned into a nun, and she was like a saint so that's very yeah. you know although she might have been gay but like anyways i mean true yeah. <laughs> um however there are definitely similarities between the two figures so for example the crosses of saint brigid are reflected in the crosses used to dedicate cemeteries to maman brigitte and then fire is important and symbolic to both of them mm-hmm. also maman brigitte is also celebrated around february 2nd which is saint Brid- ah. brigid's festival known as imbolc and so Mama Brigitte is also the only Loa that is ever depicted as white. She's often shown with long mm-hmm. red hair and green eyes. And so both women are associated with healing, as you talked about. St. Brigitte is a patron mm-hmm. saint of medicine. And as I mentioned before, Mama Brigitte has the ability to heal diseases. And they're both considered protectresses. So in the case of Mama Brigitte, she is said to protect women particularly in cases of domestic violence, unfaithful lovers, or also oh, in childbirth. Well, that's similar to Aries Dantor. It is, yeah. I mean, I think... Which is quite nice. I mean, there's like multiple Loa who are looking out for, you know, disenfranchised women. Yeah, it's I think that, like, you know, nice. it's very important, I think, yeah. you know, to have those protectresses out there. So I think that's why they're so common. So what are your thoughts on Mama Brigitte so far? Well, I think it's very cool that Amal Brigitte, as well as many other Loa and basically the whole of Haitian voodoo, I think, is like the product of syncretism and like cultural exchange, I guess. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's quite beautiful. I talked about this in the Lily episode, but there's a lot of really, really nice things about Haitian voodoo. Like, um, it's just like very open. It's like good with homosexuality. Mm-hmm. It's like... You know, which is really nice. I don't want to say anything bad about Christianity. You can say something bad about Christianity. I know. Okay. Like, if you're going to say that Christianity is not accepting of homosexuality, like, that is a fact. I mean, yeah. Like, that's... Because, I mean, like you mentioned, like, Vodou came about from, like, attempts of, like, forcing Christianity, which can be very strict. And then Vodou came out of it, you know, mixing with... um, Yoruba peoples and Eve peoples. I don't remember exactly who. A lot of different West African uh, religions and cultures, yeah. Yes. And they just, like, created something new out of it. It's very fruitful. It's very beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I I have no idea about Mamorijit. I think it would make sense if she had, like, to put it mildly, gay rumors. Because so did the Erzali and so did Bridget, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I don't know if it's considered the reason if you if it mentioned that, but you know, like I feel like I read that she takes both male and female lovers, but like I could have made just, that like, not up, a big deal. or like they may have just like <laughs> said like, oh, you know, like she likes to have affairs, you know, which is like super valid of her. So yeah, you know, she should do what she wants, yeah. and she's the wife of Baron Sandi. Yeah, and he also has affairs. Do you know why so, he's like, called that, by the way? It's like his day Saturday or something. Yeah, I think like there's probably like some. I don't know because I didn't look that much into him because 
Obviously, I was focusing on Mama Brigitte, but like, I mean, there's probably like Saturdays, like the end of the week or something. I don't know. Or like funerals are held on Saturdays or something. I don't know. But I think it's a cool name. But yeah, I was thinking about Bridget recently. I don't remember why. It's probably because I'm living with an Irish person. That's probably why. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like everything Irish. I'm like, hey, Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I just feel like Mama Brigitte, and I didn't put this in my notes, so I'm kind of speaking from the heart here, but like, I just feel like she's a really powerful, like, symbol almost of solidarity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, we have two incredibly oppressed and downtrodden, like, classes here. The, those who are enslaved and those who are being forced to work as indentured servants, like, sort mm-hmm. of coming together and, like, they're combining their, and, like, the natural, like, combination of their cultures and religions, like, mixing and creating a really cool and awesome figure and that just feels like really powerful to me like you know that these people definitely like i mean they're being oppressed by the same force yeah like they have a common general location yeah like to me i feel like she's kind of a symbol of solidarity in a way and you know what else is kind of beautiful the figure of saint bridget came about from like the pagan irish pre-christian religion yeah which was then like morphed into like accepted into Christianity and then when she St. Bridget came to the Americas then she got accepted into Haitian voodoo and it just I don't know it's like kind of full circle yeah in a way absolutely you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like no yeah I absolutely agree I think it's so cool how like her as a figure and a concept has traveled so far and like just been accepted into so many different places and also like pre-Irish folk religion, she was also, mm-hmm. um, I think, if I remember correctly, like a, there was like a pre-Britannic figure that she was based off of mm-hmm. in the first place, which is interesting because it kind of shows like her appeal. She's gone through like yeah. four or so different religions and she's just like been carried through. Yeah. And that's just, she's just like an everlasting, like timeless goddess slash yeah. spirit. That's really yeah that's it's just really interesting like i mean it makes sense that somebody who's like a healer yeah would be important absolutely and especially to people who like are oppressed like of course healing is going to be something that's really really important mm-hmm. so maman brigitte as i talked about is not a pure innocent virginal figure for women to look up to as in she's not like an icon of like innocence or virginity for people to look up to. Not that people can't look up to her, but like that's if you want to look up to someone like that. That's not her main then you wouldn't be looking up to Mama Brigitte. You'd be looking up to someone else. Mm -hmm. She dances seductively, has affairs, swears, drinks, parties, isn't afraid to have a good time, all that stuff I've been saying. Super fun, super awesome. Um, She's also associated with Mary Magdalene, who is the woman who first discovered that Jesus had risen from the dead in the Bible and is believed by many scholars to have been a sex worker. And I believe that this depiction and these associations are not accidents, considering the origins and experiences of the woman who brought the stories of St. Bridget to Haiti. Many of these women were punished for performing sex work, and even those who did not perform sexual acts would likely experience, unfortunately, incredibly degrading and dehumanizing working conditions as indentured servants. I mean, this whole period of colonialism is such a horrible time, like for everyone. Mm-hmm. Well, not, I guess, everyone, yeah. but... It's great for some people, unfortunately. For the colonizers, they were having a great yeah, time. Yeah, at the expense of so many other people. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, also in a similar note, enslaved women also had very similar 
circumstances, being mm-hmm. simultaneously hypersexualized and denied humanity by those who held them captive. Mm-hmm. And so for women with those experiences, I feel like a woman who is held up as like, you know, the holy virgin is not really a relatable icon and neither a very helpful icon. It's not needed. Yeah, like you can't relate to her because that is never going to be you. And then that there's like, that's just not helpful because all you can do You don't do have is... the rights to like aspire to virginity and yeah. purity. So I believe that for women who are constantly being degraded and dehumanized and objectified and for women who are being degraded specifically for expressing their sexuality or being hurt specifically through sexual means, a figure like Mama Brigitte, who is proud and open about her sexuality and has full possession of it, and who swears, drinks, dances, and is willing to punish those who do cruel deeds is a much more helpful and necessary figure to look up to and pray to than a more passive female figure. Because, like, if you do all those things, then having a figure that, like, you look up to who also does those things is really awesome, as opposed to, like, the Virgin Mary who, like, is known to be perfect just kind of as a fact of her existence. Like, that's not really a helpful person to look up to. Yeah. Because, again, you're never going to be able to be her. So, like, all you can do if you think about her and look up to her is feel like you're being disappointing and, like, letting something down. And so having Mama Brigitte, I think, would have been super powerful and, like, really helpful as an icon instead. She would be a more venerable and, like, respectable figure Mm -hmm. to people living such dark lives where they don't really have any rights. Yeah, absolutely. Mama Brigitte is also a spirit associated with death in cemeteries, but she is also a spirit associated with rebirth. She has the ability to heal those dying from diseases, and if she cannot heal them, she helps them be reborn into the afterlife. Her symbol, Mm -hmm. Black Cockerel, announces the mourning and the renewal of the world each day. And this rebirth association is reflected in St. Bridget's mythology as well, since she's associated with the spring and renewal of life after the death of winter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's so interesting to me that we have a death spirit so intensely associated with rebirth and new life as well. I feel like I've talked about this many times before, but our culture, which is really heavily influenced by European Christian ideology, so often views death as like the rock solid end of life, the end of things, something to fear and avoid at all costs. Definitely. But with figures like Mama Brigitte, who symbolize both death and birth, we're given a new perspective on death. We can view life and death as a cycle rather than just a line with a finite beginning and end. Like it's renewal rather than mm-hmm. the end of everything. Yeah, it's sort of like just another stage. And it's just like beautiful to not view death as so depressing, but just as part of, you know the grander life cycle and just you're all just part of nature i don't know yeah and so here is our fun celebrity cameo for this episode (laughs) yes to quote the notes of maya darren famed surrealist filmmaker yes and dancer who also became a voodoo initiate and here she's also talking about the spirit called gede who is embodies the abilities of the gede loa and if the souls of the dead enter the depths of the passage by which Gede is guardian, the Loa and life forces emerge from that same depth by the same road. Hence, he is lord of life as well as of death. His dance is the dance of copulation, and the chamber dedicated to his worship, the sculptured phallus, may lie side by side with the three gravedigger's tools. He is the final appeal against death. He is the cosmic corpse which informs man of life. The cross is a symbol, for he is the axis both of the physical cycle of generation and the, mes- the metaphysical cycle of resurrection. He is the beginning and the end. 
I love her. Mm-hmm. I feel like the majority of our listeners are not going to be like, are going to be like, who is that? Yeah. But we um, are a fan of her. Mm-hmm. She's a celebrity to us. I am a fan of her just she because She has some banger quotes. You are a fan of her. I do want to note that this is a white person coming into a culture and writing I mean, yes. about it from that inherently outsider perspective. But her analysis 100%. is corroborated by other practitioners who are mm-hmm. um, who are growing up and from the cultures that this religion is from. And so similarly, Baron Samdi, the husband of Mama Brigitte, is also tasked with making sure that the dead stay dead once they have passed on. So this prevents the creation of creatures such as zombies, which is a zombie without the E. Oh. And so in folklore, that's undead spirits reanimated to be used primarily as slaves by sorcerers. Interesting. And that's um, one of the main sources of where like the pop culture zombie idea comes from. Oh, so zombie came from the other zombie. Yeah, it came from like voodoo and voodoo. Like, you might not know this, mythology. but like, what's the etymology? I don't know. Sorry, I thought darn. <laughs> I I thought you might already know, so I'm so sorry. No, I didn't know that actually. Uh, I know the etymology of the word robot. Yes, comes from Czech. Yes. So because like they're tasked with like making sure that zombies can't occur and like the reanimation of corpses can't happen, this shows that going against the natural cycle of life and death is wrong too. So death mm-hmm. is really not something to fear, but something to accept and understand as the natural end to one's life. And doing something that mm-hmm. cheats the death of yourself or someone else goes against nature and needs to be prevented. Totally. Yeah. I love that motif mm-hmm. of like, you can't bring somebody back from the dead. Like we talked about last week in um, oh yeah about Izanagi yeah. and Izanami mm-hmm. and how Izanami died, but then she wasn't herself ever. And Izanagi went to hell to try to bring her back. And then it just didn't go well because she was like rotted and she like- She was dead. Tried to chase him away. Yeah. Like when you're dead- Yeah you're dead like you can't come you can't revert back to your living self Mm -hmm. like your previous living self you have to like continue on the journey Mm -hmm. yeah like there's so many um there's so many mythological stories from like cultures all across the world of people going into the underworld but there's very few stories of people being able to successfully take someone out of it who's already died because you can't go against the natural cycle Mm -hmm. And similarly, Mama Brigitte and all the other Gedes take away from the taboo surrounding death and mortality. Instead of the view that death is something to fear and not discuss, lest you bring it into your life, the Gedes are celebrated in festivals that often mock the solemnity of funerary customs. So, like, they'll be dressed... Fancy word. Yeah, they'll be dressed up in sort of, like, mockeries of, like, um, you know, grave diggers or like pallbearers uh, or partitions mm-hmm. outfits, and they'll be like carrying coffins that contain like sort of like lewd sexual things instead, and like be making like you know crass jokes and stuff, and like sort of mocking like the mm-hmm. solemnity of death. And because uh, death is kind of terrifying, yeah. So it's nice to make it some. I don't know, less mm-hmm. scary and dark and depressing. Yeah, they're sort of making. I mean, I'm sure that for anyone, it's it's sad to lose a loved one. Yes, but it must be quite comforting to be like, well, they're just moving along their, you know, cycle of renewal and life and death. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's just like a it's a much nicer way of thinking about it. it. Gives you more hope. I feel like ultimately, like you know, we're all going to die, but if you spend your entire life being afraid of dying that's not a good way to live your life so if you can find a way to sort of like shake off that fear that's going to help you live a more fulfilling life and it's also just better personally to not have such a 
horrifying relationship with death, like your own death or Mm -hmm. other people's death. It's a part of life. It's a very sad part of life. Mm -hmm. But like, what what can you do about it? Yeah. Nothing. Exactly. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. This is supposed to be a Halloween thematic episode. (laughs) And oh, you know what else? I think it I think by the time this episode airs, I think it'll be a year since our first episode. Oh, my gosh. It definitely will be. I forget what day this it was is supposed like, to air, but yeah. yeah. It definitely will have been a year, so happy one year of Mythal Ladies to everyone. Yay! <laughs> um, but yeah, also the Gay de Lois are like celebrated um, around like All Saints Day, November 1st. There's like a big festival mm-hmm. for them, so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this uh, around this time. Ah, yes. Um, and so this view of death where like it's sort of more humorous and like sort of laughing in the face of death would likely be comforting for Which is... <laughs> I mean, it's great because their colonizers were, like, Christians. Yeah. And oh, they so obviously true. have such a depressing view of death. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, like, mocking them in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so this view of death would likely be comforting for places and peoples where life has often been chaotic and difficult and sad. And, unfortunately, Haiti is a country that has been fighting against the rest of the world for its right to exist ever since its creation. And so, in the words of Donald J. Cosentino in his essay, Exit Laughing, Death and Laughter in Los Angeles and Port-au-Prince, Finding life and sexual sport in death, the Guedes have come to personify the resilience of the Haitian people, their mocking response to the misery delivered by society and history. That's beautiful. Yeah. And in that view, I mean, you you don't necessarily look forward to death, but you can view death in a more like, okay, I get to start over after this. Yeah. And that can be hopeful yeah and also like if you think of death as like this big everlasting party it's like well i'm, I'm suffering up here but like once i die like i'll be able to have and a good time great. you know you know like it'll be okay like everything's gonna be okay ultimately and so um with that in mind i do want to talk about current events in haiti primarily the 7.2 magnitude earthquake that struck a few weeks ago uh, about 10 years after the 7.0 magnitude earthquake that devastated the country and from which it still hasn't really recovered so some ways to help. The best way to help is to directly donate to GoFundMes and other fundraisers of people who are in Haiti in the country, just, you know, everyday people. Um, because NGOs and charities have a history of raising money that never actually reaches Haiti, which is why the country was never really able to recover from the first earthquake. And so the best way to actually help people is to cut out the middleman. Some organizations to donate to are Random Acts and Project Metashare. And also AUT Community Trust. And organizations to avoid are the Red Cross and Hope for Haiti for the reasons I previously stated. And we will put links in the episode description and the show notes of places to donate. And I really wanted to talk about this because, like, I'm talking about a spirit from Haiti. And right now there's, yeah, you know, this is a thing that's happening in Haiti. And I feel like it would be, you know, remiss to talk about this and not talk about Haiti in its present day mm-hmm. so to fully respect the people that we're talking about mm-hmm. so yeah um that is mama brigitte and that is one of my ladies for halloween that i have planned and i think she's really interesting i think she's super fun i think she's super cool she's great i'm glad we did this um chronologically after the bridget episode it's kind of like sequential yeah yeah, and you were the all fits together. Yeah, and you did Bridget, yeah. so like you could add on and be like, "I remember this," and I'd be like, "No, but yes. thanks for reminding me because I forgot." <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited for my next lady, and it's also going to be Halloween themed, so look forward to that. Yeah. Well, not quite Halloween themed, but on theme for Halloween. Cool. Love it. So 
Um, thank you to Zoe for today's episode, and thank you everyone for listening. Please feel free to subscribe, listen to other episodes, leave a review, and we will see you in two weeks. Yeah, thank you so much. Bye. May the Ladies Podcast is produced, researched, and presented by Elizabeth LaCroix and Zoe Kenninger. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MythoLadies and visit us on our website at MythoLadies.com. Our cover art is by Helena Cayo. Our music was written and performed by Icarus Tyree. Thanks for listening. See you in two weeks.